Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, right? That's why David said, I hide my word, God's word in my heart that I won't sin against him. It gives me power not to sin, but it also says your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. God's word comes and lights me up inside and it causes me to see where to go and see what to do. That's the anointing. Job said it the same way. He said, I wish and I long for the day when you, your favor was like a lamp or a fire burning above my head. Right? The same thing happens in Acts chapter 2. Follow me here. Are you hearing me? David says, your word's like a lamp above my head, leading me, guiding me. Job says, your word is like a lamp or a fire above my head that brings favor. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, what happens? There's fire above their head, and they begin to speak in tongues, and an anointing that gave them power came on them. And they were changed by it. Right? They were changed by it. Benny Hinn says this, the word of God is God himself. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's talking about Jesus. The word is God and God is his word. God will never separate himself from his word. God, even when you say God, it invokes covenant or the word of God. You can't separate yourself from God and what God speaks. Because if he says it, he will do it. Right? You can't separate it. You can't separate it. And in fact, if you can handle this, he's the scroll that's written on the inside and the outside in Zechariah. Right? He's, he, he can open the, the scroll that has seven seals because he is the scroll. When he's talking about the Lamb's Book of Life, is it a book or is it a book? The Word of God is God Himself. The anointing is the overflow of Christ in your life. It comes as we spend time with God. Right? When the anointing is present, you know what? Things happen. Things happen. In Luke chapter 5... Jesus is going around and he's, he's talking, he's, he's teaching, he's preaching. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks out over the crowd and the Bible says he's, he perceives that there is power present to heal. Right? He feels the anointing. Right? And I'll talk about that on another time. But he feels the anointing. Right? So the anointing comes on you and it gets in you. But then it's like all of a sudden it will turn on or increase or swell up. Or you recognize that the anointing wants to get loose. When that happens, you need to let it loose. Right? God doesn't show up and not want to do something. So, you know, when Jesus saw that there was power present to heal, he stopped and he began to lay his hands on people. It also said that his disciples uh, anointed people with oil and laid their hands on them and they cast out demons. And people got sick and people that were dead came back to life. And people that had blind eyes, they were open. And people that were deaf could hear. Isn't that amazing? You need the anointing. Mark six thirteen. Jesus sends out his own disciples. He sends them out. And when he sends them out, what's he send them out to do? To cast out demons and to anoint the sick and heal them. Right? I'll tell you two things that make the devil mad and make religious people mad. 
When you cast out demons and people get healed. Because then they see that the anointing has power and it's real. In the Old Testament, in the, no, the Bible times in Jerusalem, Josephus, he was a historian. He said, you know what caused revival to come to Rome? Two things. He said that the disciples of Christ, the Christians, had the power to cast out demons and to raise the dead back to life. And it caused Rome to experience revival. And Acts 12, verse 9. Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. While he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm, I'm seeing this. In the Old Testament, they would say it this way. When the Spirit of the Lord came on him. Right? When the Spirit of the Lord came on him. Right? In the New Testament, they'll say they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It, what they're talking about is the anointing and a manifestation of the anointing and a release of the anointing. Right? So, whether it's the Spirit of the Lord coming on you or the Spirit of the Lord coming in you, right? The Old Testament, it came on him. The New Testament, it came in him. Either way, God's moving. God's working. And there's power present because the anointing is moving and flowing. It's manifesting. It says that Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. And there was a witch there named Eliamus. And he was doing things that Paul just said, you will be blind. <laughs> and he was blind. Right? In Acts 14... Uh, Paul's preaching, and while he's preaching, he sees a man there who is crippled and cannot walk. And it says, Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looks at him and sees that he has faith. And he says in a loud voice, get up and walk. And the man gets healed. Because there was an anointing that was present. Acts eight eighteen. Peter and John were laying their hands on people. And the people there were receiving the Holy Spirit. Because the anointing that had come on them on the day of Pentecost was flowing through their life. And they would lay hands on people and people would receive the Holy Spirit. In fact, the anointing increased on Peter's life to the point that all Peter would do is walk by. And as his shadow, and people were laying in his shadow and they were just close to him. He didn't even touch them. They were healed because Peter walked by. It increased on Paul's life to the place that Paul... They would bring garments or pieces of cloth and tear them and let them lay there or him touch them. And they'd take them back to those places and people would get healed because the anointing was transferred on that cloth. It wasn't the cloth. It was the anointing. It wasn't the shadow. It wasn't Peter. It was the anointing. Right? It was the anointing that does that. What stops the flow of the, of the anointing? If you have a poverty spirit, there will be a wall and you won't even reach or ask for it. Right? Because the Bible says that if you ask God for more of his spirit, he will give it to you. Am I right? If you ask God for more of his spirit, he'll give it to you. What stops the flow? Listen, this is a lot, but you can handle it. Because when the anointing shows up, you won't listen. (laughs) What stops the flow? One, unbelief. Unbelief stops the flow, right? Unbelief stops the flow. Uh, in, Ma- in, in Matthew 13, what happens is uh, he goes to his hometown, right? A prophet has no honor uh, in his town or his own family. So he goes there, and the Bible says he could do no miracles there because of their unbelief, right? Because of their unbelief. He, could, he couldn't do anything there. Then... Uh, So if you have unbelief, it will block, right? Maybe you're believing lies like a person who has a spirit of poverty. 
Uh, maybe it's ignorance or you just don't know. You didn't know that you could ask God. You didn't know you could put a demand. You didn't know that when the anointing was present, you could get healed. Like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. She tells Jesus, well, where is this water? You know? And he says, if you knew the gift of God, you would ask me. Stop right there. What's the gift of God? Jesus. If you knew the gift of God and you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me and I would give you a drink of living water. You would never be thirsty again. In fact, you'd stop sleeping around and you'd become the first evangelist in the New Testament. And that's what happened. Right? Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes it's not time yet. It's just not time yet. Right? Uh, where Jesus is in John 7, that the Spirit had not been given yet. Right? Or how about this one? It's not time yet because God's waiting. The anointing is there, but the time hasn't lined up. So they ask about the blind man. Why was he born blind? Did his parents have sinned or did he sin? And Jesus said, none of them. He's blind because God wants to use him to display his glory. And now that I'm here, I'm going to heal him right now. And you're going to see God's glory. Right? Sometimes it's not that God doesn't love you. It's just not time yet. So the anointing's there and it's operating, but the time hasn't, there hasn't been a fullness of time yet. Sometimes we don't have the anointing or it stops the flow because we don't ask. Right? Remember that? In James chapter 4, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. And sometimes when you ask, you're asking because you're selfish and you just want it for yourself. So I don't give it to you. That's what James chapter 4 is talking about. Right? In Matthew 7, 7, it says, if you ask, you will receive. Right? Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus is talking about this. Listen, if you ask God to give you more of my spirit, he will surely give it to you. That's what he said. A father wouldn't give a kid who was hungry a snake or a rock. He would give him bird and he would give him, a, he would give him bread and he would give him a fish. So if you ask your father for good gifts and ask him for more of his spirit, won't he give it to you? That's what Jesus said. If you need more anointing and you need the anointing to come in your life and break a yoke that has you in bondage, why would you think that your father would not give it to you and do it? This wall, because of a spirit of poverty or unbelief, that's what's separating you. It's the anointing that will break it. You need the anointing. You need the anointed one. You need more of Jesus. Right? And I didn't ask this one, but sometimes you can suppress it. You can suppress it. You can write that one in. You can suppress it. Right? 2 Timothy 3, verse 5 to 7 says this. There are people that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of it. There's people that look like they know God. They look like they're godly. They look like they're trying to be like God. But we know they're not because they don't have any power. Because John 1.12 says this. But as many who received him, to those people, he gave the power to become the sons of God. What are you talking about? I'm saying, look, sometimes we can suppress it. We cannot ask or we have it inside of us. And like that man, because of what we think about ourselves or we think what we believe lies about God or other people, we won't even ask for it. 
We won't reach out for it. We won't believe in it, right? Or we'll suppress it. We'll pretend like we've got it all together. We pretend. We take on a form that we're being conformed into the image of God, but we're not really demonstrating any power in our life. But to those that receive him, the anointed one, they receive power to become a son of God. What what am I saying tonight? I am telling you the truth, and the truth sets you free. The word of God is powerful, and it saves you. It's a lamp. It shows you the direction, right? These words that I'm speaking, they're spirit and they're life. They are the truth. They are the way, right? They are the resurrection to bring you out of those places of captivity and death. It is the anointing that breaks every yoke. We need the anointed one. Right? I talked about Jesus being anointed. I've talked about you need to be anointed. I've talked about people that have been anointed. I've talked about you have been anointed. If you have received the spirit of the living God, the Bible says that he has sealed you. Right? That you've been, you know, David says, he's anointed my head with oil. Right? In, in Isaiah 59, he says, my spirit is upon you. Uh, it talks about that you've been sealed and that you've received it. It's a corporate thing, right? That in Second Corinthians 1, 20, 22, says this, you were anointed and you were sealed. You were. You were. When you were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit came on you and caused you to speak in another language. How many people have spoken in, in tongues? How many people have ever spoken in tongues? And no shame, right? Because that's not the only way the Holy Spirit manifests. First of all, you can't even become a Christian or say that Jesus is Lord. How many people believe that Jesus is Lord? How many people believe that Jesus is really the Lord? If you believe that Jesus is the Lord, the Holy Spirit is moving in your life. Because you cannot even say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit anointing you and opening your eyes to believe that he's the Lord. If you've spoken tongues, the Holy Spirit has anointed you and sealed you. Right? If you've been able to overcome sin and darkness and change, the anointing is operating in your life. Right? Just like you asked God to help you to become a Christian or helped you to stop and come out of the things that you've already had victory, that same Holy Spirit that did that, he will do everything else you need. Right? If we need more of his Holy Spirit, what do we do? Ask. If I ask him for more of his spirit, what will he do? Hmm. That's the truth. It's not another book. It's not another conference. It's not somebody putting a dot of oil on your head. It's the anointing. How do I get the anointing? The word. Filling myself up with the word. It's a lamp. Asking God for more of his spirit. Right? Asking him. Coming into agreement with the truth that I'm laying out for you tonight. I've laid it out like a systematic case. There's no way you cannot be anointed. If you're anointed, there's no way you don't have access to power. That's the truth. That's the word. And the anointing increases. I'll talk about that later. That it's corporate and that there's an anointing. Angelica, can you come? When we're talking about the anointing and we're talking about power, I want you to think about this. It's the anointing that did everything in the Bible. The anointing, right? That gave you power. Whether it was power to cast out demons, whether it was power to believe, right? Some of us need power to believe. We need God to come. We need God to anoint our eyes like in Revelations chapter 3 because we can't see. We need God to open our eyes, right? 
We need him to anoint our eyes. It said that we're poor, blind, and naked in Revelations. We need God to come and, 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 and make us rich and open our eyes and clothe us with himself. Right? He's not talking about clothes there in Revelation 3. He's talking about the anointing. He said, you think you're rich. You think you can really see. You think you've got it all together. But really, you know what? You're poor. Because there's all this anointing and you're not tapping into it. And you know what? You think you see. But the truth is, you're like the emperor with no clothes. And you're really naked. You're not walking around in the anointing, clothed with the power of God. You're walking around poor in spirit, thinking, God doesn't love me. Nobody sees me. Nobody loves me. There's no room for me. God's never going to be there for me. I don't know if I can trust God. I don't know if I can trust the church. God wants to, in there in Revelation, he says, you need to pray that God will clothe you and he'll give you salve and rub it on your eyes. Rub this oil on your eyes so that you can see and your eyes are healed. The anointing can open your eyes to the truth tonight. To give you power to believe. Father, I'm praying tonight that your anointing would increase. I'm praying tonight, God, that your spirit would increase in us. You said that if we lacked anything, if we lacked wisdom, if we asked you, you would give it to us abundantly. You said that if we wanted more of your Holy Spirit, if we asked you, you would give it to us. You know what, God? We need more of your spirit, more of your anointing. Because some of us are walking in a spirit of poverty and we have not been walking as sons and daughters of the kingdom. Maybe we are in some areas, but other areas we haven't been because we didn't know. God, maybe we've been blind and we couldn't really see the truth. That you do love us, even in the hardship, even in the places, Lord, where it looks like we're in captivity and it looks like we'll never get out, that it's so dark. You know, that drug or that person or that lie or that pain, that sorrow, it's so deep, it's so painful that, that, that it's like God, we think we'll never be healed and that God can't fix it. It's not true. It's not true. God has the spirit without measure. You can't measure his love. You can't measure his power. You can't measure what he's going to do. You can't boss him around. He comes and does it when he wants to, but he is going to do it. Because if he didn't, he would be a liar. Because he said he would. Just because he didn't come when you wanted him. Remember, sometimes it's not time yet. But as you cry out to him and you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts, you say, Father, I need you. I need your anointing. I need you to break this yoke on me of depression. I need you to break this yoke of resentment and hatred and anger that has me. I need you to break this yoke of bondage of sexual addiction and these addictions that I've been using to numb my pain because I feel like something's missing and I don't know what it is. I've been like that since I was a child. I don't even know why I feel empty, God, but my emptiness is gnawing in my belly and I need you to come and fill me up. I need you to break it. I need you to set me free, God. And it's your anointing that does it. You sent your spirit to give us power. Power to overcome. Power to live. Power to believe. Power to be set free. You know what? God doesn't want you to live as a 50% Christian. 
I know there's people that teach that if you are homosexual or if you have an addiction, that you just have to put it out of your mind and you'll never change. That's a lie. Jesus said, behold. In other words, look at me. I make all things new. I was dead. I was dead. And I came back to life. Don't you think that your addiction is going to stop me from having my way in your life? Because it's not. I have the power. I laid my own life down and I had the power to take it back up. When Lazarus was dead for four days, I had the power to call his name and make him get up. When there was a man who was born blind, had been born blind all of his life, I opened his eyes and he could see again. I have no limit to what I can do. The limit that you have is yours. It's not mine. It's your limit. You won't let me. You haven't invited me. I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If you'll open it, I will come in. And I will sit down at that table. And I will feed you good food and you will be satisfied. You won't have a spirit of poverty. You won't long for someone to tell you how special you are or how important you are. You will know that you are my son. You will know that you are my daughter. You will know that I love you so much I gave my life for you. That if you believe in me, you will never perish and you have everlasting life. I came that you would have life and you have it to the fullest extent. Behold, what manner of love the Father has for you. That we can become the children of God. You're not an orphan. You're adopted. You're not poor. You have all of heaven. You'll never die. You're going to live forever. You can never be alone. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you even if the world stops existing. I will wipe all your tears away. I'll save them in a bottle. I'll write them down in my journal. I know what you went through. I don't forget. I'm closer than your brother. I'm your friend. God wants to anoint you. David said, you have anointed my head with oil. Another passage, you've anointed my head with fresh oil. That means I had oil, but I need a fresh oil. I need a fresh anointing. God wants to anoint you tonight. Father, I pray for your anointing to come down on your people, God. Would it come, Jesus? Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.